0: Just kidding. Um, Turn your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 4. Well, it's hard to believe, you know. um, Another year, 2024, is a big year in many aspects. Um, You know, my dad turning 60 years old, my wife and I having a baby, and so it's uh, exciting times for sure. Um, This message is about... Paul, um, but the Apostle Paul, you know, you could, you could say that he's one of the greatest men in your Bible that you have, especially in the New Testament. And in a lot of aspects, you know, I, I see Paul and I, and I see my dad. And so, um, I'm very appreciative of all my dad's done for me and my, my sibling, my sister, can attest to this, my brother, uh, Matt too, and he wished he could be here, he's in Texas, and um you know, in this period of time in my life specifically, you know, about to be a father soon. You think about, um, you know, how, how, what kind of father do I want to be like? And a lot of things come to my mind. You know, you, you have the nerves, obviously, of of becoming a dad, and you think about. I want my son to, uh, you know, me. I love sports. I want my son to be play baseball and to play basketball. And then, and the think about the most important things, man. I want, I want my son to to know Jesus. I want my son to know Christ and I want to raise my son in a way that's going to lead him to Christ, and and so that my son can be successful not only in, in the world's eyes, and but also and and most importantly in God's eyes. And so when I think about my dad, you know, I think about man. This is the kind of father that I want to be like. I want to be like my dad. And I think I I told my wife this. You know, I think you know, the the man I am today, and I'm not perfect, and. You can all t- uh, say that, my, especially my siblings. But I am where I am today, and because of because of Dad and Mom, of course. And uh, and I look at the life of Paul, and I see Paul, and I see my Dad, and the way that he loved the Lord, and he's faithful. Uh, church is going great right now in terms of in every aspect of people, the love, the unity in our church. And there's been times where. It wasn't like that, where it was not too many people on a Wednesday nights, and there wasn't many people coming in, and and through it all, I've just seen my dad's faithfulness, my dad's love, and my dad's care, and uh, if I can be half the man my dad is, I'll be very blessed, and um, so, all right, 2 Timothy chapter 4, I don't like to cry, No, you know, several things you can't talk about, my dad, I'll cry, and I can't watch dog dying movies, I just can't watch anything that has to do with a dog, my two weaknesses. So I can't watch my um, my dog skip. That's a bad movie. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter number four. Uh, Paul, in his life, he's talking here, talking to Timothy, kind of giving him a charge of this is how this is the life that you want to live, and this is the kind of man that you want to be, and this is how you should conduct yourself as a young man. And Paul had several things on his mind. While he was finishing his life. You know about to cross the finish line in his life at this time. And he, he did this by, giving this by giving us this book. And giving us kind of the revealing to us what was on his heart. In Second Timothy chapter 4. Uh, in verse number 1. You see a passionate charged. It talks about I charge thee therefore before God. And the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick. That means the alive and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. So you see a passionate charge. You see Paul's passion there in verse number one. You see a promised coming that Jesus Christ is coming again. That thought kind of resonates with me, right? You think about what's going on in the road, man. Jesus is coming. He's coming back. I don't know when. It could be tomorrow. I hope not tomorrow. I want to I see my son in a few weeks, but I, I, God's coming back. Jesus is coming back. And I have to live with that thought. Man, if Jesus comes back today, where am I, what am I going to be doing? First off, you have to question your heart. My heart with God. And most importantly, if Jesus comes back, am I going to heaven? Am, and is, is my eternal destination heaven? Or am I going to go to hell? Those are our, our reality. In verse number two, it says, preach the word. Be instant, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, ex- exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So he, that's a preacher's calling. That's what a preacher is supposed to do. Pastor Hori, my dad, what's their job? Preach the word. Not preaching our opinions, not preaching my theology, or preaching the Word. Nothing but the Word, nothing but the Holy Spirit of God. And then in verses number 3 through 4, you see kind of—you uh, see here a pending compromise. Verse 3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. And of course, how often do you hear... Or how do you see people? You give them the gospel, Jesus Christ, the answer to, they give them the truth of the word of God, and they say, I don't want to hear it. And it, it seems like it's just becoming more and more like that in today's age. People just don't want to hear the word of God. People don't want to hear the truth. And that's that's a sign of the end times. It's becoming more prominent. And then verse number five is all my introduction. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists. Make full proof of thy ministry. So you see a proving commitment. That no matter what you're going through, no matter what season of life you're in, the good times, the bad times, it all comes. All the ebbs and flows, the hills and the valleys, you have to stay commitment committed. And Paul, the apostle, is an excellent example of what it means in his life to finish strong. And of course, here we are, the first Sunday of 2024, and we're starting the new year. And a lot of, probably a lot of us, we have things in our mind that, man, I want to do better in 2024 with, I want to eat better, I want to work out, I want to get strong, I want to, I want to make more money, I want to do whatever you want. We all have, you know, New Year's resolutions, New Year's goals. I made the mistake last year, I announced some of my resolutions, and one of them was my wife's going to laugh at me, I said, I want to read a lot this year, and I want to read about 30 books, so I got, I think I got to like five, so I almost hit it, I was very close, a couple more would have been there, and so there's was, there was, there was a couple of guys, like, how many books you read, I'm like, still on the first one, <laughs> it's June, <laughs> so I'm not saying my resolutions, there's several things, you know, before our baby's born, I want to have things straightened up, and in line, and in order, and all that good stuff. But there's things in the beginning of a finish line that you need to do to get ready. You know, one thing about running a marathon is that you cannot just jump into it. You can't go the previous day uh, eating, you know, junk food, the next day get ready to say, I just feel like running a marathon. You can't do that. You have to stay, you have to get ready, you have to get in shape to run the race that you're running. So if you're sitting here this morning, you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you, you know you're eternal destinations heaven one day you have you're in this race right now this christian race where you're running you're you're walking the walk of life you don't know when it's going to end and sometimes that can be a difficult thing we say i want to get i'm going to get my life straightened up with god i'm going to i'm going to read my bible i'm going to get my family in tune with god uh once i get older or once they get to a certain age or maybe when i get this or that settled in my life then i'll give my life over to god that shouldn't be the case we should have a, a willingness from the start to say, I want to start my race strong. In the middle of my race, I want to be strong. And the, when I'm almost done with my race, I want to finish strong. And so in our race that we're running, we have to run with endurance. Turn your Bibles, keep your finger here. It's still my introduction. So Acts chapter 9, it's a short sermon, I promise. My family has lunch today, so we got to go there. So I don't want to be late for that. My mom's going to kill me. Acts chapter number 9, verse 22. I just want you to see here how Paul started out, his, how, how he started out his race. And you think about the life of Paul, who he was. He went from the Christian hater, the guy who, who was literally going out and stoning Christians, killing Christians. Like, that was his job. And then he went from being that to being the one being stoned. And being one of the greatest Christians of all time, give out the gospel, going out into all of Europe, sharing the gospel with everybody, being the first missionary. And this is how we started off his race. Acts chapter 9, verse 22 says, but Saul, that's Paul before his, his name was changed, but Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which throughout Damascus, proven that this is very Christ. So look at Acts chapter 9. Just glance at verse number 18 that's when he was saved and baptized was verse number 18. And verse number 20, two verses later, Paul is preaching Jesus Christ. And in verse 22, which we just read, he's increasing in his knowledge of Jesus Christ. So to say that Saul started out strong would be an understatement. When I get into something, my wife can tell you this, I, I get really into it. And this past year, I just, I got into golf and I, I love golf. And it's like my new favorite thing. I do, all, I do it every week. Probably not so much this year because the baby, but I love playing golf. When I got into it, I got, I got really into it. Man, I, got, I got new golf clubs, golf balls. I, had, I got golf polos, pants. I got the whole deal. I'm all into it, and I, and I wasn't bad. So and I, and I, I mean, and I was bad. But I figured that if I dress well and I play bad, it'll all even out somehow. So I don't know if that's the case or not. But you, when you start something, you want to start out strong. And you want to say, man, this kid's all in. When you get saved, when you, when you get to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's an exciting feeling, right? We're not, you know, we don't justify our salvation by feelings, but we know, man, we're, it feels good. <laughs> it feels good to be saved. And it's like, it's like something that's exciting that's happened to you that you just want to share to everybody. I, I'm, I'm so excited about my son being born. I mean, I've been preaching for five minutes. I mentioned him already 20 times. I'm just so excited. And I just tell everybody, man, I can't wait. Ten more weeks. You know, we're at week 30. I can't wait for him to come. Why doesn't he just come already? And want, you know, I'm so excited. It's something that I, I just cannot contain the excitement that I have. So when it comes with Jesus Christ, right, man, it's something that's exciting. I have the truth of the word of God. I have salvation. How can I hold it in? How can I not tell you how to go to heaven? How can I not tell you about how to have the joy that passes all understanding? How can I not tell you how to have peace in trials? How can I not tell you about the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my life, and that's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? How can I not tell you? And Paul has this mentality of, man, I want to tell everybody. I'm just going out. I'm going to share the gospel. And so jump back to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I think Paul, Paul, looking back on Paul's life, it's just, awesome to look at. I'm going to go very quickly. I have t- 15 minutes. And look at verse number 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 7 says, I, Paul, have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Let's go ahead and go to God in prayer. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for my dad. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for his faithfulness, for his love. Thank you, Lord, for him being the pastor that he is but also my dad And thank you lord for uh, his love that he's shown to me and my siblings to my mom and god i pray that you just bless my dad lord and everything that he does lord and help him as he's healing with his knee and give him strength lord uh, for many years lord to be able to minister to uh, continue being a help to our family god bless the time that we have. to you lord lord you know my message you know my heart god lord i pray lord first of all that you forgive me of sin and cleanse me and I pray, Lord, that, you would, that this message, Lord, will help inspire somebody to live for you, to serve you, to put you first, Lord. And God, I pray that you be with us, Lord, and I pray that your Holy Spirit will work and move among us. We love you. Praise all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In verse number seven, I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Paul, in his life, there's several things that Paul had to do. And first of all, that's to have faith in God's path. Faith in God's path. You and I don't know what's tomorrow. We don't. You know, one day can be great. You know, I, I'm thankful. We're now in our pregnancy, everything is going really well. I'm so thankful to God. But tomorrow, something drastic could happen. <laughs> I don't know. Our, our, our cars are running great. Our car could break down tomorrow. You don't know what's tomorrow. And in a Christian life, you don't know what tomorrow is going to be. When you got saved, you probably did not know what your future was going to to entail, to happen. But you know what It should be on your mind and this mentality that you and I should have is, Lord, whatever your will is, I want to do it. God, I am open to whatever you want for my life. I have plans for my life. There are things that I want in my life. There are things that I'm reaching towards in my goal. And God, if you want to change that, I'm willing to do it. If that means to leave my job so I can spend more time with my family and be in church, I'll do it. God, if you want me to, and you you know all the things that happen in your life. God, if you want me to draw closer to you, I'm going to do that. Lord. I want to be open to whatever your will is. Paul's last words were, I have finished my course. I finished my course. Paul had a race in front of him, and he ran strong the whole time. Paul was fully persuaded in his life that God had a specific plan for his life. And just like Paul, had a spe- God has a specific plan for him, God has a specific, specific plan for you, Amen. for me. Very specific on what he wants you to do. He trusted God completely with that plan. I, do not, I am not good when it comes to knowing the names of roads. People ask me, oh, Ethan, how would you get from point A to point B? And I just, I took the highway? <laughs> and I, I don't know the roads' names. I fully trust ways. The GPS, I fully trust it. Everything it says, I will go. If I'm going to turn into the water, I'm going to turn into the water. Whatever it says, I'm trusting in this GPS to lead me to my destination. There are two highways I know, Route 22 and Route 21. That's all I know. I don't know anything else. (laughs) That bothers my father-in-law, but that's a different story. And so I trust whatever that GPS says. For God, Lord, you're, you're my GPS. You're a light into my path. I'm going to follow this light. It could lead me down a dark alley. But God, I'm following you. This plan, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, kind of lists some of the things that happened in Paul's life. And it's incredible the things that Paul had to go through. And just listen to me as I give you a list of what Paul had to go through in his life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it says that he went through labors more abundant, stripes above measure, and prisons prisons more frequent. In deaths oft of the Jews five times he received forty stripes. The Bible says thrice he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Uh, three times he, he suffered shipwrecked. He spent a night and a day. He's, the Bible says that he was in the deep. The Bible says in journeyings often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the brethren, in perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. He was in weariness and painfulness. He was on the watch often. He was hungering and thirsting. He often had to fast, and sometimes he was cold and even naked. <laughs> Anybody here want to sign up for that? <laughs> yeah. It's tough, right? I'd say, man, that's my future? That's what, I, that's what I have to go through? And of course, Paul is a little more extreme. And you know the time, a day, and age that he was in the Roman Empire. But still, for you and I, right? It's like none of us want to sign up for hard trials. We want to take the easiest path from point A to point B. We want to get there as quickly, as smoothly, as humanly possible. And in life, we're going to go through hard times. And we cannot use that as an excuse. Well, it's because of God why I had to go through hard times. The Bible says that rain falls on the just And the unjust. So people say, why do bad things happen to good people? The rain falls on just and the unjust. And in this in this life that Paul lived, never in his life did he lose faith in the fact that God had a very specific plan for his life. Never once. He was able to finish strong because he maintained a strong faith in God's plan for his life. Strong no matter what. Secondly, Paul had faith in God's precepts. Paul's reactions to God's first command was simple was simple obedience. He would need a hand and to guide him, and you know that because Paul was blind for a period in his life. But Paul learned in his life not to walk by sight but by faith. He he learned he Saul could not see in the beginning of his life where he was going, but knew where he was going. He knew that God is God is with me, and I, and I can follow whatever God has for me. Saul placed an importance on the commands and precepts of God on day one. This is what God has for me. You know, one thing that's frustrating. That when you you ask somebody to do something and they don't do it. And parents, I'm sure you can relate to this. You ask your son or your daughter to do something and they don't do it. and Then you have to ask again. And again. And again. And then finally, the third or fourth time, they go and do it. And one thing that growing up, if my parents asked me to do something, it was they wanted it immediately. It wasn't something like, you know, I could go and pause my video game or whatever. It was, Ethan, go take out the garbage. One second. Ethan, take out the garbage. One second. And that that was no good. They wanted immediate obedience. And Evan never caught that drift. He still, they still have to deal with him. But with me, you know, eventually I got along. And and I I followed what was supposed to be happening. So parents, you want immediate obedience, don't you? Who who wants their kids to not be obedient? If you're saved, you're a child of God, Right. right? God says in his word, this is right, this is wrong. Why does he say this is right? Because it's going to lead you down a path that is right. I mentioned this in Sunday school about uh, some of the guys I work with that work. And I tell this to my wife. I said, it, you know, it bothers my, my coworkers so much that I don't curse, drink, or smoke. It bothers them. It actually affects their daily life. The fact that I don't curse and I don't drink. And I say, why would I want to? And I don't, I don't and as, a, as a person, as an individual, I don't, I don't. I don't not drink because of I'm a Christian. I, I mean, it is because I'm a Christian, but it's also I see the effects that alcohol can have on families and the broken relationships and the heartaches and the divorce and the drunk driving, all that type of stuff. Why do I even want to consume that? <laughs> Why do I even want to take pleasure in something like that? That, can, that has potential to lead my path, to lead my life down a wrong path. And then I look at, okay, well, I don't curse. Well, that's just, that's a conviction I have. And that that bothers other people. And I don't do it for the the pleasure or the to, to please my my parents or whatever. I do it because the Bible says so. And I do this because why does the Bible say to to, to stay away from alcohol or to not to not uh, the Bible to talk about like don't hurt your temple. Why? Because it's going to lead you down a wrong path. It only leads to destruction. Pride leads to destruction. Pride says I don't want to listen to the Bible. The Bible says a lot about the sin of pride. And so it's like, I don't want to go against God because it's going to lead me down a path where I'm not happy. I'm going to struggle. I want to follow the word of God because it's going to lead me down a path in my life that is going to be good. And that's going to be beneficial for not just myself, but now my family I have to think about. And so Paul was given commands by God, and he followed them immediately. And if Paul can follow them immediately... And be consistent in his faith. That's something that's for you and I. That we should say, you know what? I want to follow the Bible too. Okay. I want to follow God too. And the Bible, I get it. It's a big book. <laughs> and there's a, lot the, there's a lot in the Bible. But I'm just going to take it day by day. I'm just, I'm just going to read my Bible one day at a time. I'm going to pray to God. And so his, he had a desire to know and to obey the things of God. That was his desire. He had a faith in God's precepts. These are God's commands. Growing up, there was commands that I, that I had from my parents. There were certain things that I had to do. Friends I couldn't hang out with. Time I had to be inside. I couldn't stay up past a certain time. Why? Because it was going to go for my benefits. And, my, and obvious, for my good. And for me to say no is only going to lead me down a path in my life that was going to hurt me. And as for my son, I want to... Leave my son in a way that's going to make him successful and that will go to the best for his health and his life. And, and I'm not going to put rules for my son's life to say, because I'm the big mean dad and I want to have rules for you and I want to just be mean to you. That's not the mentality at all. And God, when he gives rules right for us to follow, it's because he loves you. Amen. It's because he cares for you. Uh-huh. And because he wants the best for you. So don't think of God as somebody who's a, a big mean guy up in, that, up in up in heaven, he's loving, he's caring, and he wants the best for you, he is your heavenly father, and he loves you very much, so Paul had faith in God's path, and his God's precepts, his commands, and then lastly, he had faith in God's person, faith in God's person, now look at, look at verse number five, of 2 Timothy chapter 4. It says, But watch thou all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make foolproof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at the day, and not to me only, but to all of them that, that love his appearing." He had faith, lastly, in God's person. Paul spent his entire life trying to please one person. That's Jesus. Amen. Second Timothy chapter number 2. And verse number 3. Just a few pages back. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. The Bible says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Paul's first effort in his life was to join the church. But remember, Paul is the same guy that was stoning and killing those men in church just a few days ago. So that was obviously met with rejection and fear. In this letter in 2nd Timothy, Paul made multiple references that to the loneliness that comes with being one of God's disciples. In verse number nine, he, the Bible says that he was begging for company. And that's in um <clears throat> I'm trying to remember what in verse number nine, it says that he was begging for company. In verse 10 it says that he was naming those that had forsaken him. Look at verse uh, chapter 4, verse number 10. He was naming those that had forsaken him, uh, Dimaeus. And then in verse number 11, he's asking for assistance. In verse number 14 and 15, he's thinking about all the troublemakers. In verse number 16, he's conf- he confesses the pain that he endured at being abandoned by everybody. In verse number 17, he reveals the source of his faith and his ability to continue on. And then in verse number 18... And the Lord shall deliver me, and he was working to further god 's kingdom rather than his own. he was serving God, he was preaching Christ and he was focused on bringing God glory. that was all he cared about that's all that that Paul wanted to do I, I want to please God I want to please my heavenly father and as a son you know I, I want to please my mom and my dad right I want to make them proud of me that's something that that when I hear those words that somebody's proud of me, it means a lot to me. More than anything that anybody can say to me to say you're proud of me just means the most. And with God, my, my Christian life, I know there have been many times in my life that, man, I've, I've messed up. And I, I've sinned. And, I, and I've done things as a husband, as a, as a Christian that, man, I wish I could go back and just redo. And God's working on me so to this day. But when I get to heaven, I want to hear well done, well done, like good and faithful servant. That's all I want to hear. Well done. You know, I'm not asking that I don't need much. Just well done. Paul was confident that God would deliver him and preserve him. He was confident that that God had him. Paul wasn't able to finish strong because he had hooked his wagon on a man or some type of movement. Or the church or religion. It was all about God. He hooked his wagon up on the precepts of God, the plan of God, and the person of God. And that's how he finished. It was all about God. It was all about pleasing God. And that for, for Christian, for you and I, that's all it should be like too. Lastly, turn over to Hebrews chapter 12 and I'll finish with this. Hebrews chapter 12. with these two verses. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and it's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Christian, there's a race in front of us. There's a path in front of us. So the question needs to be asked to you and to myself is, am I going to walk down that path that God has for me? Or am I going to rear to the, to the right or to the left? Am I going to follow God's path for me? And the first, the fir- how to begin this phrase, how to begin this path, to ask yourself this question. If I die today, am I going to heaven? If I were to die today... Where am I going? Heaven or hell? You can't even think about the path before you think about that question. That's the most important thing that could ever happen in your life. It's not the amount of money that you have, it's not the amount of achievements, the amount of recognition. It's do I have Jesus? Do I have Jesus? I'd rather have Jesus than lands or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than anything else that the world can offer me. I'd rather have Jesus. If I have Jesus, I have everything. I am not in want. I may never have the nicest car, I may never have the nicest house, I may never have the nicest job, but man, if I have Jesus, how could I want more? How could I want more? He's everything to me. And so Christian, to you, you have a race before you. We have a race. Our goal for 2024, stay on the race. Stay on the path. Just keep moving forward. Keep following the, the Bible. Keep following the things of God. It can be hard. And There can be things that could set us off. There can be things that hurt us very much. I'll finish with this, with this example. This time last year was a very difficult time for my wife and I. And my wife talked about this a little bit last week about how, you know, we were getting ready to announce the birth of our firstborn child. And then I come to find out that this, this week actually would be the week that would really resonate and you know the signs that we would, we would have a miscarriage and we would lose our first child. And it was tough. I went to 2023 excited you know with a baby on the way I was excited for the future the things I wanted to do and I was very pumped up I man I'm ex- I'm a very motivated guy and I was very excited and you get you get the news that man' I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my child and if you've been there as a parent you know how difficult that is especially being the first child you're thinking man is there issues is there problems and a lot of things run through your mind about, man, can I have kids? And a lot of things that, can, that run through your mind that, man, really hurt you. And you're just thinking, and it's, it's a dark place. It's a very, very dark place. And I remember this time last year, man, I was, I was going through it. You know, I was, I was leading this thing in. I was still teaching Sunday school. I was still preaching, and I was still teaching the kids. And, man, I just, I was, I was in a dark place. I was still doing it. I was trying not to show it, I was making sure no one else could see what I was going through, and especially for my wife. And It was a difficult time. And I struggled last year heavily with my faith, uh, I've, like I've never done before. And it was, a, it was a tough time in my life, very tough time. And I would say about for half the year last year, all the way up until June, I really struggled. And honestly, I wanted to quit. A lot of of times I said, I want to just stop going to church. I just want to stop reading my Bible. Is it worth it? I mean, here I am. My son's, my my child is not here. And it's just, is it worth it? This terrible thing has happened to me. And as a husband, you just feel terrible for what your wife has gone through. And man, it's tough. Is it it really worth it? This whole Christian life thing. Really struggle. Really never had these thoughts before in my life until last year. I kind of went all the way through June, really struggling, and I came a point in my life. Actually, those who, those of you who are in the adult Sunday school, we were going through uh, Job. We're going through the Bible chronologically, and I'm very thankful for that. That we're not going through the Bible chapter by chapter because (laughs) if we didn't go through chronologically, then we would have gone through Job. And I remember going through Job and reading about his life and the things that he had to go through. You know about uh, the devil attacking his family and him losing his his children, his lands, his house, and his cattle, and his wife getting up and leaving him. And turn to the book of Job, actually, chapter 1. And while I was teaching this lesson and this verse, that's when it resonated with me. In Job chapter number 1, verse number 20, I always focus on verse 21 and 22. I had those verses highlighted. I, li- I love those verses. They're famous verses. But I never saw verse 20 the way I saw verse 20 in June of last year. The Bible says Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground. And what that last word? And worshiped worshiped. So if you know what Job went through, man, he went through just a terrible time in his life, and yet he worshiped. I wasn't worshiping. <laughs> there was no in my heart, man, I may, I may have been in a worship service doing, doing whatever the song, but in my heart, there's no worship. And when I read that verse, man, it changed my life completely. Amen. And I, I remember uh, that Sunday, kind of after the service was over, going home and saying, God, I'm sorry for how I've been. I'm sorry for not drawing close to you. I'm sorry for sinning. I'm sorry for doubting you. I'm sorry for... And I just went on and on and on, right? And so, Lord, I want to worship you. I want to serve you again with my heart. That's a difference. I could serve God outwardly like I am right now, but I want to serve you with the heart. I kind of rededicated my life to God in that moment, and um, I kind of gave over to God. And uh, a few weeks later, you know, that's when we get the news... That my wife and I were expecting, and now, um, and maybe God was just waiting for me to dedicate my life to Him again. I don't know what God's plan is. It's perfect, right? His path is is worth it. But giving my life back over to God changed everything. And so, Christian, I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're at on your walk and your path. You may be in a good time right now. You may not be in a good time. You may not be saved. You may be saved. I don't know where you're at. But what I do know is that now's the time to get on the path. If you're weird off, get back on. If you're not on it, get saved. It's worth it. And I, now here I am, 2024, getting ready to announce the birth of my son, and, and getting ready to see my son in a few weeks. And man, I'm just, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> this, this joy I have now has, has been the happiest I've ever been in my life. And why is that? Because faith in God's path. Faith in God's path. So Christian, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. And so get on the path. Serve God. He is worthy of your life. He is worth it all. There's nobody I'd rather serve. There's nobody I'd rather love more than Jesus Christ. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day, God. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God. I thank you, Lord, for your path. And, Lord, I thank you for laying down the foundation in front of us of how to be successful, how to run life, how to live for you. And, God, my biggest prayer this morning, Lord, if there's anybody here that's not saved, that does not know you as their personal Savior, does not have a relationship with you, that today would be the day of their salvation. God, Lord, I pray that you would work on their hearts so much right now and prick on their heart that they would need you. God, there's anybody here, Lord, who's struggling in their Christian life, who wants to wear off, who wants to quit, who's struggling with their faith. Lord, I pray, Lord, that this will be the day that they will get that settled and get their life back on with you, that you would work on their life, Father. Lord, we love you. Pray all this in your holy.